Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And today we've got a couple things. We've got Adele fixing Spotify for us. Of that's course. a good one. Uh, Andrew's going to explain the Streamlabs drama to me. I've heard about it, but mm-hmm. I don't know any of the details. Yeah. So we'll break that down. And we also go into some detail about shooting the latest video, which was every Google phone review, which is yeah. a little different than the every iPhone review video. So we'll, we'll talk about for those sure. differences, and it was fun. But first, uh, a couple quick hits. We So Vin had a little message in the Slack this morning that mm-hmm. he said he saw Lucid Air on the yeah. way to the studio today in New Jersey. Yeah, on and the, the turnpike. That fascinated me. He does drive a Tesla Model 3, so he saved the dash cam clip. It was very mm-hmm. heads up of him to do that. And so we'll like play it back. It's kind of hard to tell in it, his it, clip we'll say it's a we allegedly saw it just in sure. case we messed up but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like not the greatest weather and there's headlights and it's on the other side over a median so it's really hard to tell if it's exactly it but he's pretty sure that's what it his was. his eye test confirms it was one of those like bronze colors we keep seeing okay. a bunch of them in i think that helps there's not a ton of those colors exactly exactly we're like is it a lincoln or is it just <laughs> one of those with a bar headlight um, but you know, out to the eye, it looks a little more obvious, but that's that I found, I found fascinating. It's kind of like a Sasquatch to me right now. I would love yeah. to see one in real life. And of course I would love to, to talk to people who own it mm-hmm. and have driven it. I was talking to some people on Twitter the other day, somebody who says he's gotten like 480 plus miles of really? estimated range, That's crazy, which is pretty good. Um, which is about in line with the ratio, the ratio you see with a lot of EVs like yeah, Tesla. Yeah, like EPA where, rating versus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll say like, oh, you have 316 miles, but you really have 290. That's kind of like about where I would expect it. Which is awesome because, you know, 10% less is still 480 miles. That's yeah. over like 150 more than what you're expecting out of most other things up there. But um, yeah. I would love to see Kyle Connor. Uh, he's been on the show before. He's the one who does like the EV cannonball races. Right. I'd love to see the Lucid. Do oh, that would that. be interesting. I mean, it it could if you plan it perfectly with the Electrify America stops, which he's had experience. Which he did with, with the take the take and beat the Model Three, right? Right. So he's done it on a different network already. So this car is very very fast. Mm-hmm. It's got a thousand horsepower. The the version they're shipping right off the bat is very powerful. 
and the longest range. So in theory, yeah, it's pretty well equipped to to be great for a road trip. Yeah, and you'll never get pulled over because a cop will just think it's a Lincoln and they'll be like, there's no chance that's going that fast. <laughs> yeah, oh, or I'm it'll have kidding. a literal longer range. Well, not at that speed, but it'll have a longer range than a lot of gas cars. Yeah, it, it, I think it could do really well. I, I would love to see that. Cool, all right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for it. The Sasquatch of cars. I want to talk about notification lights though for a second. Okay. Okay, so I saw on, I uh, on Twitter... There is a tweet, uh, a little bit of a teaser, sharing the back of the upcoming Oppo Reno 7. This is mm-hmm. a phone that's not out yet, but it's it's teased. And the thing they're teasing, I've seen a, a bunch of cool textures on the back of Oppo phones in the last like two years, mm-hmm. which I think is nice. Some of my favorite backs on phones have come from Oppo. This is another one. It has like a kind of a neat, almost sandstone looking back. But around the camera bump, there is an LED light. So if, yeah. you're, if you're listening, if you can picture a camera bump which sticks out from the phone, the rim around that camera bump is glowing in like a purplish white. Yeah. Now, I tweeted this. I was like, oh, that's one of the best uses of a camera bump I've seen. Immediately polarizing. I never know really? when things are going to be polarizing, but this is one of those things where, okay, on the upside, yes, it glows when you put your phone face down and you're in a dark enough environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is awesome. I actually also picture that, I mean, this is a render, so it might not be this bright, but if you flip it over right side up, like a lot of people have their phone, it could still like send a glow yeah. onto the table that I would think it's so. on. That would be cool. Uh, a lot of other people are like, this is pointless. This is dumb. Why do people even have notification lights? I'm like, whoa, I whoa, really... whoa, whoa, whoa. I despise exactly. those people. If yeah. you are listening... <laughs> Change your mind. I still want you to listen, but change your mind. I'm Notification not about that. lights used to be on like every phone. It would. I would. I, I remember it. an era distinctly where I would mention in every review where they put the notification. Really. Light. I remember the Nexus One. We were just working on this video. Had it in the trackball. The trackball glowed. Uh-huh. That was sick. Yeah, my. They started I think shrinking my them. Eris had that as well. Yep. They shrink them a lot. They eventually were like up in the corner of the phone or down at the bottom. They just put like a little notification dot mm-hmm. in the front. Then they moved just the corner. And then now a lot of phones don't have them. Sony phones have them. That's almost about all I can remember. Sometimes I know people who download apps that turn their iPhone's flash into a notification. That's really bright. It's really bright. Yeah, <laughs> it's that, super I feel annoying. like that could go off at the wrong, or like in the middle when you're sleeping and it just like lights up the room. Up. Yeah, or like, even just it looks like you took a picture of somebody when that, you didn't. <laughs> that would be really bad. Yeah. Um, I miss my, my Note 8 still might be just like one of my favorite phones I've ever had, just for so many different reasons. But the notification icon or LED on that was just so good. Like, Where was it on that? It was top left. But, like, the screen was, like, it had the nice waterfall screen. The screen always looked nice. You never really knew the LED was there until blue for notifications. Or, no, green for notif- or messages. Blue for, like, Twitter notifications, I yep. think. And then yellow for Snapchat. Like, it had a bunch of different colors. Yep. I always could tell what. I always knew if a yellow one came in, I didn't really care about it that much because it was Snapchat. Green for WhatsApp. You could, you could always so have an simple. app, too, to customize what color the notification would be for certain things. It was things. so nice. I don't get how that's still not a thing. It's yeah. so easy. So, like... They're kind of dying except for a couple phones like what Sony does, red for low battery, green for fully charged. Uh, so I thought this was like cool. This is like a neat thing. You don't mm-hmm. have to use it all the time, but it's like a nice way to take advantage of leaning into having a huge camera bump yeah, when not... they all look the same. Exactly. So nope. I was into it. I, I was giving it a shout out. I hope that is as bright as it looks in the render. It's mm-hmm. dangerous to assume that because it is a render and the phone's not out yet, but 
We'll see. Maybe we'll get hands on the Reno 7. The only thing I can see, if you have a case on, you probably won't. You oh, won't right. That was the other. It. You'll have to. I mean, if you have a clear case, which I don't like clear cases very much, you'd have to. I'm sure it will come with a clear case. I feel like a lot of those yeah. Oppo phones do come with one. But yeah, if you have a case, you can't really see it. Um, yeah, that was the other common tweet Other I got. than that, I love it, though. Yeah. I think it's so cool. I don't get why anyone would be against it. Yeah, unless, unless it costs like a million dollars. There's no. Yeah, I, I highly doubt it. Super into it. Yeah, uh, we have one more quick story I just wanted to mention because I thought it was kind of funny. Um, I have it listed as Adele saves us from Spotify. Um, you may have just seen like a couple headlines about Adele. Please explain. And yeah, yeah. There, so there's like all these headlines. Adele gets Spotify to remove the shuffle button from her albums or like sh or Spotify hide shuffle button on Adele albums per her request. Pretty much what happened is... If you've noticed when you ha when you go to an album on Spotify and you click play, it automatically shuffles it. That big button on the top shuffles oh, right. albums. Right. Adele pretty much was like, "Hey, we are artists. We spend so much time putting these songs in like the correct order to us and ordering them up. I don't really want it to be shuffled as the default." Okay. She didn't take away the shuffle option. You can still shuffle her albums and everything, mm -hmm. but the default now for her albums just play through the album like normal. Yeah, that and makes I sense. Couldn't exactly. There are so huh. many people really mad about this. I guess they thought she got the shuffle button removed from her albums. No, she saved us. I, we stand. That's, that's one of those. Uh, that's one of those features that seems like it should have obviously been available. Exactly. Especially like from the artist side. There's a lot. Uh, most of my favorite albums are chronological. Mm -hmm. Like you just go from top to bottom. Ram, The Incredible True Story. Incredible True Story, yeah. Even like Graduation, a lot of Kanye's albums. So yeah, uh, allowing the artist to to default to shuffle or to default to play straight through. It should sense. just, I just think it should always default it should to probably always shuffle. Go I don't through. get how that, yeah. But yeah. Cool, well, thank thanks you, Adele. Adele. Yeah, Wait, we appreciate so, it. so she got it removed on her albums, but it's not available for so other people? It's, I thought it was, but it looks like Adam's doing some research over there and he's got an update. Yeah, so according to this article from The Verge, Chris Mikowski, the head of music communications at Spotify, confirmed the presence of the new feature to The Verge. Quote, as Adele mentioned, we are excited to share that we have begun rolling out a new premium feature that has been long requested by both users and artists to make play the default button on all albums. End quote. So only Spotify, or only premium. All albums, but only for only premium, premium users. So if you're so if you're not a premium user, you get the B tier Adele album experience, which is out of order. Last song first Adele for song hates last. You for not having Spotify yeah. premium. So so Adele saves Spotify for all of us premium users. Yeah, I Appreciate guess is, that. isn't it if you're not a premium user, you can't even like pick the songs. You just pick the playlist and it auto shuffles. Yeah, it? I actually thought I didn't. I I can't speak for non premium Spotify use. I've paid for this for a long mm -hmm. time. But I have heard some weird quirks about like asking for a specific song on Spotify, non-premium, and just not being able to listen to it in order. Like, I don't know. I've, I highly recommend paying for Spotify premium, which probably yeah. leans right into their exactly what it they does, want. It's because they nuke the non-premium version. But it's great. It's every song. I don't use Apple Music or Tidal or any other service at this mm -hmm. point. You're right. And I agree with you as well. I just think buy it. Um, yeah. It's such an easy $5. But yeah, whatever. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to dive in the deep end of explaining to you what's going on in the streaming community. I'm excited. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic's dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right, Marquez. You're not huge into the streaming community, but I'm sure you've seen a lot of stuff over the last week about something called Streamlabs and a lot of really big names that I'm sure you know of tweeting about it. It's been floating around my timeline. I haven't looked into it too much. I've heard you've read into it more. I've read into it. I kind of knew the general timeline of what happened because like, I used to stream a little bit just for fun every once in a while. And I so I got really into learning how to set up streams and everything. I've set up streams for the channel here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really fun platform. I think streaming in general is super entertaining. Um, and I love a lot of the streaming community. They're, yeah. they're very similar to YouTube. Yeah, we've done a few live streams. We've mm-hmm. pretty much always used a piece of software called OBS Correct. to run the live stream. It's how you can switch between cameras, direct your audio sources, plug into whatever bit rate you want and go live. Yep. Streamlabs is the company that makes that software. No. No. And that's kind of you, I mean, I'll go back into the history a little <laughs> okay. bit, but just okay. like remember that you said that because that will happen. We, we will get into that later on. Okay, sure. Okay. If you don't mind me going into a little brief history here, like you said, there's a company called, or a program called OBS. It's called Open Broadcast Software. Essentially, it's an open source platform that, like you said, very simple to take what's on your screen, maybe what's on your webcam, a couple other things, and be able to broadcast that with a Twitch key or a YouTube key to broadcast it to those live streaming platforms. Yeah. Now- I'm with you. Yeah. Super simple. Um, the program itself maybe isn't the most simple, but- um, It's not get, pretty, but it gets the job done. You get done. to learn it pretty well. Um, yeah. And then- 
So in the streaming community, unlike YouTube, there is kind of like AdSense, but one of the, the main ways that people make profit on when they're live streaming is through Twitch donations or Twitch subscriptions. And kind of a way when people are live streaming to make that a little more interactive and a little more for the community is they have these like Twitch alerts. So pretty much if I were streaming something and you donated to me, up on my screen would pop Marquez donated X amount of money and I would probably be like, oh, cool, Marquez, thanks for watching. Thanks right. for the 10 bucks or whatever. Um, That's not built into OBS. That is not built into OBS and used to be, there was a standalone website called Twitch Alerts. And essentially what it would do is you would connect your stream, you would connect your PayPal, everything that could see if somebody was donating or subscribing mm -hmm. and essentially pop out a window with a green background. And then you could customize the alert that would come up. So I think like the default one's like the Mario star and it says Marquez has subscribed. Cool. And then through OBS, you would uh, select that window, chroma key out the green, and now you could place that anywhere on your stream to pop up whenever it happens. It's all automated. You don't have to worry about it. You'll get a little notification sound and you can tell you got subscribed to, right? Cool. So that was in like 2015-ish, Twitch alerts. Come 2018, I believe it was, Twitch Alerts decided to rebrand to a company called Streamlabs. And now Streamlabs is the, you know, the company we're talking about a lot. Okay. They create decided to create their own open broadcast software, um, or their own streaming software, I should call it. And they called it Streamlabs OBS. So essentially what this was now is very, very similar to OBS, which is open source. Everyone knows it. Uh -huh. They called it a fork software. So you're taking the original code from OBS, starting your own, and they're adding a couple little features. Like now they have those alerts and everything built in. They have like some default templates. They have a couple things that they're trying to make it more user-friendly. And that's how they marketed it like crazy. Like okay. this is more user-friendly. There's all these customizable things you can do. You can hop on, you can stream instantly. It's really, really good for new people who are getting into streaming. And 2018, sure. we have every, everyone wants to stream. Yeah, there know? was definitely a bit of a like a streaming wave that happened. I mean, For sure. I think a lot during the pandemic, a lot more people started watching streams and started plugging oh, in. Oh, yeah. Which is obviously a little bit after 2018, but now obviously a lot more people stream than ever. Mm -hmm. Maybe this was around Ninja's peak. Maybe. Probably. Somewhere I mean, around, like Fortnite, Fortnite, you're seeing like younger people starting yeah. to stream because younger people are getting better at all these games in there. And I always think it's fun because I love having anybody trying to create something. Yeah. Streaming is a whole nother platform of creation. It's so, pr usually pretty easy to do. So I guess my just quick clarifying question is mm -hmm. this this version of the Fork software was done with OBS's permission. OBS made this open broadcast software. Correct. Then Streamlabs, this new rebranded company, comes along and says, hey, we'd like to make another version of OBS. Mm -hmm. We're going to use your code and we're going to call it OBS also. Is that what happened? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I can skip it. I'll skip ahead a little bit here. So, like, they're legally allowed to use this software. It's it's open source and everything. Cool. Now, here's the issue and one of the things we've seen recently. So, I'll touch on it quickly to answer your question and then go into it later when um, kind of everything starts to uh, fall apart. Okay. They reached out to OBS and said, hey, we'd, is it okay if we use the, the word OBS in our new naming scheme, Streamlabs OBS. OBS asked them, please don't. And then they did anyways. Mm. So mm. they come out with Streamlabs OBS. It's um, you know a little easier for people to use, a little more user-friendly, starts getting really big and everything. And um, everything's going good. I guess OBS never really said anything about it publicly. Remember, OBS is not like a for-profit company. There are a bunch of 
developers creating a software together as just like passion project or sure i don't know the deep deep down into it but it's definitely not something that's hyper focused on monetization which what we start seeing streamlabs obs become they are offering all these like premium subscription services they're offering all these different customizable scenes you can buy straight off them like they're hyper focused on making money off of this to the point where logitech eventually buys them and um starts i mean obviously huh. buys them out and is now a part of logitech okay they launch, they start making all these different programs. They have one that can help you take Twitch clips and turn them into like uh, correctly formatted for TikTok or Reels oh, and stuff like that. Okay. They started making a stream deck for your phone. They start doing all these kind of different things. Oh, Streamlabs makes the stream deck that helps you like live mm -hmm. switch between things. Yes and no. Oh, God. Yeah, it's all, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm finally getting to the good part. <laughs> okay. We're kind of like fast forward to right now. Uh-huh. Streamlabs announces that they're coming out with a new program called Streamlabs Studio, which is essentially a cloud-based streaming platform so you can stream from your console without having to do a fancy capture card or all these different things so you don't have to plug your Xbox into your computer. Yeah. Essentially, you can stream straight from your Xbox and it's going to go to Twitch and I believe you use your phone to kind of customize some of the stuff in it. Really, really cool. Yeah. The problem is, is there's another program called that, which is... That itself isn't the problem. You can have similar programs to each other. Um, but this program's called Lightstream, and they've been doing this cloud-based streaming for a while. And I have a link in the document, actually, I'm gonna have you click. And it is a tweet from Lightstream about Streamlabs' new Streamlabs studio. And I just want you to take a look at it really quickly and tell me what you're seeing. Hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, just change it up a bit so it's not obvious you copied it. Bet. All right, so on the left is the landing page for Lightstream, and on the right is the landing page for Streamlabs Studio. And if you want to just look at it quickly, um, maybe okay. describe it. So they didn't copy the name, but it looks like they copied point for point all of the same features mm -hmm. and sort of explained it the same way. I mean, I'm on the I'm on the the blown up image, and it's like on the left. Here's how you level up your Xbox and PlayStation streams. And then I look at Streamlabs Studio, and at the top it says, here's how you level up your console streams. Mm -hmm. You go down, it says, how does it work? You go down to the Streamlabs, how does it work? And point for point, cloud capture for console streams, cloud capture for console streams, full layout and design control, full layout and design control. So whoever built this entire landing page mm -hmm. for Streamlabs was clearly at least inspired by... I'm going to say they copied. Okay. I'm going to say they copied read, the Lightstream page. Do me one favor. At the bottom, read the user reviews on both sides. Oh, boy. So Lightstream is literally one of the greatest things I've ever discovered. Thank you so much for making it easy. Just Senso. Love this platform. Love how they listen to their community. Paris Storm. Now on the other... Streamlabs Studio is literally one of the greatest things I've ever discovered. Thank you so much for making it easy. Love this platform. Love how I listen to their community. It's the perfect platform for console streaming. It's word for word. Every Everything on both of these pages is word for word. Okay, so up until seeing that, I was like, this could just be an innocent, like, we have all the same features. I'll just paraphrase your exact layout yeah. and describe all of our features. Mm -hmm. But it's literally, it's word for word. The only thing they changed are the software program images, uh, which is ob obviously if Streamlabs yeah. posted pictures of Lightstream, that would be a huge issue. Um, 
So this is kind of where all the dominoes start falling now. So after they tweet that, um, if you look in the comment replies, it's basically like, here's Elgato, just write, know that feel, and then wrote, uh, showed an article called Control Your Live Stream from Your Phone with Streamlabs Stream Deck. Remember when you just asked yeah. if they're the ones who make Streamlabs? Oh, Elgato makes, Elgato stream. makes Streamlabs oh, no. or Stream Deck and has made a mobile version from your phone. All right, so Whoa. same thing. Now there's an app called Combo, which um, lets supercharge growth of your Twitch channel with automated TikTok clips. Does mm. that sound familiar? Mm. Yep, we mentioned that before. Um, Streamlabs created something called CrossClip, which is the exact same thing. Wow. Um, and then so what finally comes forward is we eventually see OBS tweeting out um, their kind of response to all this because they've been pretty silent with all of this happening. OBS, like in the past couple of years, hasn't really said much about this but you know now it kind of comes out that everyone's you know you know the meme i made this <laughs> no i made this meme yeah, yeah this is like this is that that's um it. so obs comes out with a couple of tweets that kind of went all around twitter so if you saw anything this is probably one of the things that really really set it off mm -hmm. um i'm just gonna read off a quote here Near the launch of Streamlabs OBS, Streamlabs reached out to us about using the OBS name. We kindly asked them not to. They did so anyways and followed up with filing a trademark. We've tried to sort this out in private, and they've been uncooperative at every turn. We're often faced with confused users and even companies who do not understand the difference between the two apps. So not only are they having users who are confused whether Streamlabs OBS and OBS are partnered, but they're even getting support tickets from things that Streamlabs OBS are oh, messing wow. up. Yeah. and asking OBS devs for refunds and how to fix things. And now these nonprofit, basically volunteers or whatever at OBS, the developers are getting completely spammed with all wow. these different issues that Streamlabs OBS is having. And I guess like my first thought on this was when I read it, I immediately thought, I thought these were the same thing. Yeah, I thought Streamlabs OBS was like this new, more... I thought it was their like monetized version of OBS. Like, you know, I've said it's hyper hyper focused on being monetized and right. a lot of people describe it like that. And I kind of just thought I was a moron. And they look very right? similar. And, yeah. I mean the name OBS is just so well known. It's um That's the thing. Yeah. The name is so well known and they that in that case they literally use the same name. So like I when I'm first hearing their, you know, they're building a more monetized version of the same thing. At first, when they make these features like easier to use, it's like, oh, this is a good thing. They're like enabling mm -hmm. more people to be a creator, which sure. I'm in. I'm in favor of democratizing the process. And if you can make a, a version of OBS that's more user friendly and allows you to plug these things in and have a better stream, you've made a great product. Then the malicious part comes in where you name it the same thing, market it the same way, and ultimately start taking the customers of those same companies. Yeah. And then you keep doing it in other parts of streaming to various degrees of maliciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, not a great look. It also, to me, I'm not a lawyer, but it kind of seems like the perfect beginning of just suing this company. I don't know if they're I, big yeah. enough to have that type of resources to do that. I don't know much about that. I, in one of OBS's statements, they said that this stuff with the name they did legally, but it just like... Is, feels super unethical because of the fact that they reached out, asked permission, yeah. didn't get permission, and then did it anyways. I just then, picture like you reading this to a judge. So it's like, okay, so you had the company. It was called OBS. Yes. Okay. And then what happened? Then this company reached out and asked if they could use our name. And then what happened? 
Then we said no. <laughs> then what happened? Then they did it anyway. Oh, then what happened? Then they started taking our customers because of all the confusion between the two mm -hmm. products and the obvious infringement. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty bad look. It's a really bad look, yeah. I think. And um, just to like to prove that I'm not the total idiot here, thinking that these are the same things. Some of the like biggest streamers on Twitch also were like, "Wait, what? This is not the same <laughs> thing." Um, Ammunition, Hassan, Pokimane, Pokimane. A lot of these, some of these are partnered. Like Pokimane has her face on the their web page mm -hmm. being used because she's partnered with them, and she thought it was also part of yeah. OBS originally. Wow. Um, so now you're seeing a bunch of them coming out saying they don't want to be supported or don't want to support Streamlabs OBS anymore. There's a lot of really great um, support and everything coming out for the original OBS. I'm glad they're finally getting their name out there. And then all these like Lightstream and everything, lots of support there. There's even proof that Streamlabs OBS was paying for um, targeted ads if you typed in OBS Studio oh, well, that's, to come up on. Jesus. I have a picture of it in here. So That's so much. There's a lot of really shady stuff going on with Streamlabs OBS. Um, there, I, was, there was a line somewhere in there where you could argue innocence. Like, yeah. up to like Up to the point of like, we built these creator tools that are a little bit better and a little bit more targeted. Yeah. And somewhere way, way beyond that line is we paid for targeted ads so that when people <laughs> yeah. search for your product, they find ours. Mm -hmm. That's they, they cross the line and spit on it on their way past. That's um, terrible. But yeah, there's, I mean, like even more and more stuff's coming out. And I highly suggest there is a, um, there's a YouTube channel called Epos Vox, E-P-O-S-V-O-X, that has a real, a bunch of really good. Um, like explainers? Yes. Okay. Um, he has a bunch of really good explainers on all of this. We'll link it in the show notes. I highly suggest watching it because he does a whole channel on like creating a streaming environment and being able to stream for yourself. So he's been yeah. in this for a really long time. Highly suggested, but if you've been seeing all this stuff popping up on Twitter, hopefully this is a little TLDR. I, I don't think I got too into the weeds for it because there is more, but at the same time, yeah. I feel like I got a little too far. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I've learned a lot about this. I, th this kind of reminds me of a conversation I had a, a while ago. I think YouTube connected me to, um, it was like the head of, one of one of the biggest advertising companies in the world. Okay, and they were they're kind of doing everything right, but they wanted like advice straight from a creator about like the donations they were making and and the money they were spending on the products. And I kind of didn't really have any good advice for him, but uh, one of the things they wanted to know is how to like better get themselves into the creator community and like mm -hmm. the really engaged fans. And I said like keeping it as organic as possible. And not really like spamming people and telling everyone about how great of a thing you're doing, but really just making the good thing and then just letting people discover how good it is yeah. kind of works better every time. For sure. And this whole story sounds kind of like the opposite of that, where if you're going to start doing all these like somewhat shady things, crossing way over the line of being like malicious. Yeah. When people find out about all of the stuff you've been doing, it's mm -hmm. going to be way, way worse than if you were upfront yeah, yeah, yeah. about it at the beginning. For sure. Uh, and they were, I think, very clearly trying not to be found out. They pick, <laughs> they pick their battles. I mean, they pick their battles, battles well on their end. By they were, people have known about this for a long time. But the thing is, yeah. unless you're in that super niche category, it's probably not going to make it out. Yeah. And then what happens is eventually, when this hits 
the the main streamers and everyone using the broadcast who have those big audiences when mm -hmm. this does get out about that and everything's listed in basically a single Twitter thread of like 10 different companies coming out being like, yeah, these guys suck to work with and they yeah. stole our stuff. It's all going to come and bite was you. Was that Streamlabs site still alive at the same time? They as... took it down. They claimed it was a placeholder, but like oh my God, even I as just... a placeholder, it feels like a really scummy thing. Like yeah. you use lorem ipsum or whatever if you have a placeholder. You don't copy word for word their yeah. user ratings on the bottom. Of I have it. a story I can, I'm going to paraphrase and take out the name so that I don't call anybody out okay. about placeholders. But uh, at, uh, a while ago, a certain tech review company mm -hmm. published a review of a device with my B-roll footage over the top of their narration. And immediately all oh, the comments okay, yeah. were like, why? Like they recognize the shots yeah. and the, the hand. And they're like, why mm -hmm. are these? Sometimes you see a shot. By the way, some of you guys send me on Twitter like, a black hand holding something. It's not always my hand. Like, it's not always me. You don't have to send it to me. But these are very clearly my clips. Mm -hmm. And so, like, all the comments are, like, sending it to me and tagging me. And you're like, why are you using Marquez's footage? And then, you know, a couple hours later, it gets privated. And I got a nice message saying, oh, sorry about that. We actually sometimes use clips from your reviews as placeholders as like inspiration for yeah. our editors to go shoot stuff later. Mm -hmm. Somehow as an accident, this one got posted, our bad. <laughs> I've never heard of that sort of a policy before. I couldn't believe it was real, but I don't know about Streamlabs saying, oh, this was just a public placeholder yeah. for a while, like we were gonna take it down eventually. No, that's just yours, yours seems way less malicious it's just clearly like no they, no no. They, it's yeah, way yeah. less it's, yeah, it's not yeah, like they I, were trying to steal my exactly. viewership no uh, no no no, yeah. no i appreciate and i appreciate how honest they were with you that was actually yeah. that this is this is clearly this malicious is crossing that <laughs> yeah. line. um and yeah and came and bit them in the butt i'm glad sure. it did I'm yeah glad i'm it glad did. it did too yeah sure. so next time i get a uh, stream deck or any sort of streaming software i want to get it from the right place this is good good to be on the right side yeah, of it for sure all right Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about making the review of every Google phone. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, 
And all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, well, next, let's talk about shooting Google phones. Yeah, Uh, a lot of them. A lot of them. So as a background, uh, we had the fun idea of reviewing every single iPhone that's mm-hmm. ever come out from 1 through 13. Yeah. It's more than you think. It's more than just 13 phones. There is the the first iPhone, then the 3G, 3GS, 4, 4S, but then you have 5, 5S, 6, 7, 8. There's 8 plus if you wanted to do that. Then there's the 10, and then there's the 10S, but then there's the 10S Max and the 10R also, and the SE, and then the mm-hmm. second Gen SE. So there's a bunch of like little hits in there. It ended up being a pretty big video. But uh, underrated was how easy it was to get hands on all of these previous year's iPhones yeah. and get them up and running on various versions of older software. Mm-hmm. Some of them were on launch software. Some of them were like a couple updates in. Yeah. But we got them all and we got they them all, all working. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a pleasure. I asked in the in that video, what other line of phones should I yeah. like retrospective like look over? A lot of them have interesting stories. It could have been the Samsung Galaxy S series from S1 through S22 next year. Mm-hmm. Could have been, I don't know, you could look at OnePlus 1 through OnePlus whatever 9 we're at now, OnePlus 9 Pro. But ultimately we landed on every Google phone, mm-hmm. which is I guess starting with the G1 we go a little before the G1. When you see this video, we have the prototypes in there, but we got our hands on the G1, and then you go Nexus 1 through Nexus 5, Nexus 6, 6 and then the Nexus 7 was a tablet, so 1 through 6P, mm-hmm. and then it switched to Pixel, Pixel 1 through Pixel 6. Yeah. So all the Nexuses, all the Pixels, and this process was much more difficult. Far more difficult. Much yeah. more difficult. So number one... Uh, when you buy a phone, uh, a little part in the back of your head is like, in three or four years, am I going to be able to sell this? And that might not be a thought iPhone users have because they're notoriously really good at holding their value. Yes, You can kind of always buy any year of iPhone within the past like five years. And that means you can kind of always sell any year of iPhone within yeah. like five years. So we had no problem getting them. Uh, they were more expensive, but... 
because they resell so well. Yeah. It was clearly more expensive to buy the Apple phones. And the condition of all of the iPhones was very, I'll say stable. Like you, the worst thing about yeah. any of them was uh, I think the 3GS, the screen glue had cracked a lot. And so eventually if I wanted to, I could have ripped the screen off, mm -hmm. but I didn't. And so the home button, that whole carriage was a little loose on that phone. The, what was the green one, the five? The green one was the Minty 5C. 5C. 5C, right. Yes. Okay, that one was a little messed up because the like material was a bit different there. It clearly had a case on it that, yeah. um, so like some of the green was off colored from the other green, but. Same thing actually happened with the 6S Plus. That was the rose gold one, right? Uh, it was a silver one. Oh, it was silver. Or okay. sorry, the 6 Plus. One of the silver larger phones. Okay where you could tell there was an OtterBox case on it because there was like a circle of yeah. darker silver mm -hmm. where it had been exposed for the Apple logo cutout. Well, yeah, because they all used to have the circle on the back. Yeah, yeah the rest of the phone was pristine. Uh, bigger variety with the Google phones. Yeah. So we've got, we again, we got like a couple of each one. I think we have two different G1s in here now. We have a Nexus one. Um, I don't know. What do you want to start with? You so, you had the most struggle yeah, with the so four. I was the I was getting them all ready to make sure we had all of them. Like, um, so first of all, I dug through the drawer, and we actually had way more than I was expecting. So for I like we like to keep phones around generally for one or two generations, just in case we have to reference the previous generation. But if something's super nostalgic, we'll keep it. Yeah. So I've cleaned up that phone drawer a bunch of times, and there's actually a lot of Google phones we've saved just because of kind of how ridiculous they are or how nostalgic they are. And and you being somebody who's mained your Android for so long, like you probably have a little more of a We've connection reasons, yeah. to um, Google phones. So we had quite a few when I was going through all of them. Two of the ones we had had boot looping issues. So that's always fun. Two of the ones we had had boot looping issues. So that's always fun. Two of the ones we had had boot looping issues. So that's always fun, but kind of expected. So I think it was a Nexus 6 and a 5 5X, right? 5X, I think, was yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, the one with the center camera. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we had two of those boot loop. Couldn't get them to work. I honestly didn't try that hard because I just expected that to happen. And Once we they boot loop, it's kind of over. Like, I yeah. I read about, we were doing all this research also for the videos, and we're like, oh, right, the LG Nexuses did have boot looping issues, mm -hmm. but I never had any with mine. And then we take it out the draw and turn it yep. on, and it's like, all right, time to boot loop. All right, <laughs> there it is. So... I went through, I ordered everything. So we needed a couple pixels. We got the the Pixel 1 in blue, which is like... It's hot. I remember take, we were taking it out of the box and we were like, this is kind of wild, but you know, it actually looks a bit better. And then we flipped it over like, why are the bezels white? <laughs> this looks ridiculous. It's the best buy phone. It's, that blue and white. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it was kind of kind of bad. But then I think the weirdest one we got was the Nexus 4 because as soon as I took it out of the box, it was like sticky. Yeah. It has like these rubberized sides that... I was trying to figure this one out. Mm -hmm. So Nexus 4 was right around the time of like iPhone 6 or 5 where there was antenna gate issues. Okay. And Apple started giving out for free these adhesive bumper cases okay. where you didn't cover the front of the back of the phone, but it was a bumper mm -hmm. that would just go around the sides of the rail. And so you put that on the phone and if you left it on for long enough, it would just kind of like become part of the phone. But yeah, if you yeah, ever yeah. rip it off, all that adhesive would stay like on the phone because it wasn't very high quality glue. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if there were so many of those types of cases out in the wild that Android manufacturers were also inspired to offer bumper cases and a lot of Nexus 4s ended up in bumpers. I but I'm not sure if that explains how much glue was on the right. side of this It was phone. like really, so 
I think I put it in my pocket one of the days I was trying to. I mean, spoiler alert, it also had a boot moving <laughs> issue on one that we bought. I spent LG. probably four days on like it felt like I was living in my 20s again because I was on these like Android forums from post eight years ago. If yes. anyone of you saw my tweet over last week, it was me in the middle of frustration trying to get this thing to not boot loop because we really wanted to shoot this. This video probably would have been done last week if that oh, yeah. um, phone would just turn on. Um, but I, I do think you might be right about the bumper case because the back of this phone is very different also. it's It almost in itself is like a different material that feels not as breakable. So well, a bumper case of, would work perfect. Right. The back of the Nexus 4 was glass. Uh, it didn't have wireless charging. It did have a speaker slot on the back, but it was like this kind of a shimmery glass. It had like a angles. pattern on it. Yeah. yeah, the square pattern. It was kind of one of the most interesting looking glass Nexuses, I think. So that was pretty cool. It's definitely interesting looking. Um, yeah. We're clearly not the only one with that sticky issue. I have a picture in the dock here. This was the next phone we were about to buy when we had the boot looping issues. And it was a Nexus 4 what that happened? looks like it got put in the microwave or something. It is so disgusting. Strange. Yeah, um, that can't be bumpers. That's just a weird material. So it was rubberized. It's rubberized. I still think you might be right about bumpers and maybe just those rubbers deteriorating and those bumpers may have helped increase the deterioration of it. Um, but we did finally get one. I got to the point where I was a little too worried to order online, wait like four days only to have it come in in boot loop. So I somehow found one on Facebook Marketplace Two hours away last Friday. We're recording on Monday right now because we're it's Thanksgiving weekend and we're recording a little ahead. So I drove two hours. Yep. Took me two hours to get back home. So this is like a four-hour commute. Picked it up from this guy. Awesome. Jose, shout out. It was uh, I made I like this poor guy probably thought I was a lunatic. He I was like, can you please charge it to make sure it's working? Like everything's working right. It boots, it goes into it. He even set it up with like no account so that I could look at it before I gave him the money, mm -hmm. show it, show it all working. And it worked. Okay. And over the last three days, I have basically been acting like this thing is, uh, you know, and like when school, they give you a bag of flour and it's your baby and you have to make sure it doesn't die. Like I've been, it's, precious. it's life support on this thing because precious. I'm so scared if it dies before we record this video, it's going to boot loop. Yeah. So it was kind of scary it. how how consistent the LG Nexus is. It was the LG Nexus 4, LG Nexus 5X. Was it all? And that's I think the you said the 6 also boot looped. That was um, Motorola. The regular 6, yeah. So yeah. Nexus 6 was the big Shamu Motorola phone. That one I think did it in a kind of different way rather than the boot animation. It went into the optimizing apps thing and did that for 3 hours and then killed itself. <laughs> Um, so uh, not as good. Yeah. I'll still call that boot looping. Maybe it's like technically a different term, but yeah, it's, I've really felt like I was back in my old days of like rooting phones. I had Nexus toolkit open trying to fix this it's thing. Good times. And yeah. It's been, it's been a lot trying to get this working, but we finally have everything ready. We've shot a really cool intro for it. It's fun. Been looking back at all these phones. It's yeah. also, like you said, LG HTC Motorola has made all these different ones. So when you look down the iPhone list, yeah. They all look kind of the same. When you look down this, they're totally wildly different. different. It seemed like like Google had like a two-year contract or something that they would go into every negotiation with where it's like, can you do Nexus this year? <laughs> all right, two-year contract? Cool, great. And then they would just do two years and the next one would go, uh, we don't want to do it anymore. All right, yeah. you, do you want to do Nexus this year? <laughs> and they go up, they did, let's see, Huawei, HTC, Motorola, oh, LG. Yeah, Huawei too, yeah. All over the map. 
And so, yeah, it doesn't look very uniform. Samsung? Samsung, Samsung was the, like, exactly, yeah. Nexus S and Galaxy Nexus. Everyone's dipped their toes in the Nexus Everyone's line. gotten <laughs> on board. And that was the other funny thing. So I was thinking about my question would be, and it's a different answer for iPhone or Google phone, but how old of a phone in this lineup could you go back to and still be fine? And I think with the iPhone for me... I could go back to the iPhone 6 Plus. Yeah. As long as I don't bend it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know people who are still on 6s. Yeah, my parents are on 7s, actually. Okay. And I, with the Google phone, I was thinking, like, I love the Nexus One, but I don't think I could use it every day. I really like that phone, but I don't think but I could now. use We're it not now. We're way daily. too far away from that, yeah. Yeah, so I was looking back. I think I could go back to the 6P. Yeah. The Huawei metal-bodied phone. I love it. Pretty good battery life, like decent camera, I remember. I remember specifically shooting that review in a breather space in New York City, like so pumped about this phone. Really? I, had a, I had the white one, so it was kind of a Panda one also before the real Panda phones. Um, how back? How far back could you go, do you think, well, daily? I mean, if we're talking about Google phones, I didn't have one till Pixel 3, so I don't recall these as much. Mm-hmm. I do recall, though wanting the six piece so bad yeah but i was on like a family plan on verizon and i couldn't do it but i had like i'm a moron didn't see if it was available got super into like doing a bunch of research on it i loved it i wanted i already designed my do you remember the custom cases you could make for them that had the customizable button on the back yep i made one of those with this like calvin and hobbs picture my cousin drew of me and Mac and I like put it on the case. I had the whole thing ready and then I went to buy it and there wasn't a Verizon option. And I was like, yeah, yeah, my, that's, that's my Verizon, uh, my carrier story, which is like in the beginning of when I got really into phones, I was on my family Verizon plan Mm -hmm. or whatever. And yeah, these phones don't come out for Verizon basically. So yeah, the exactly. first iPhone comes out, it's a singular exclusive. Great. Nobody has it. I think one kid in my I class had it. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was singular, singular first and yep. then AT&T, Then right? AT&T. Okay. So yeah, so I couldn't get most of the early iPhones. I think they finally made a Verizon iPhone 5 or 5S or something. And I started to get on board and check them out. But um, the, the only phone that I've ever waited in line for, like mm-hmm. I stood outside of a store in the cold behind several people to wait in line in Hoboken was for the Verizon Samsung Galaxy Nexus. Weirdly, that phone had a lot of hype. There was like Mm. actual, like real energy. I think I was maybe like seventh or eighth in line. And it was a weird experience. I've never waited for an iPhone. People love like waiting in line for iPhones. Mm -hmm. It's a whole thing. They'll camp out there with a whole bunch of other fellow enthusiasts. It's a whole, it's a vibe. I get it. I'm not going to be out there, but you were a nerd in that other line. Exactly. Those are nerds. Yeah. yeah, This was the Verizon store. (laughs) Like this wasn't the Google store. We're all hyped for that. This is the Verizon store. We're all dreading going inside, but we all want the phone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I remember that pretty clearly. I missed, I missed class for it, but I got my phone Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was a good time. It was definitely worth it, but that's kind of awesome. That was one of the fun ones. That's, um, yeah, I've never waited for a phone. I can say that. I kind of wish I used more. I think I could use the 6P now. Could, it's similar size to everything. It is. I still think the Pixel 6 should have just bumped the camera, whatever bumper we're calling it now, like up to be kind of like a 6P. I've been saying that for a while. Move the bar I, to the top? Yeah, like I think they mm. should redo the 6P because it didn't have any camera wo- wobble when it was on the table because it was just kind of this wedge shape. Yeah. And then this Pixel 6 is kind of similar, bigger, but if they just pop that up on the top and made it flush... 
would have been exactly what I've been asking for I, for a while. I think it might be an internals. I don't care. I'm thing. not talking logically. <laughs> I'm talking fair, fair. what I want. Yeah. Just bend the rules of physics. Yep. Create what I'm asking for, and then no one gets hurt. It's not think, a threat. It might also be uh, called Nexus Six P because the silhouette was shaped like a P. If, it's not, if that's not the real reason it is now, we it are is. putting that into the history books. In uh, my review, I said it was for premium, but I'm I'm saying it was because of silhouette. Changing it? Yeah. All right. Revisionist history. Yeah, I liked it though. Um, I think, weirdly enough, the 5X was one of the best looking phones in the, when we were doing our robot shot, which like, since it comes from top to bottom, the way the light hit everything would glare over it and kind of change how every phone looked. And despite the 5X looking pretty basic, for whatever reason, in that shot, I think it was the coolest looking phone out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And I do also miss all the black. For some reason, Google and black and white phones just look really good. That's the Panda. The Stormtrooper, mm-hmm. the Panda, or whatever else you want to call it. I think, I say this in the video, Pixel 2 was the peak. So good. Orange Pixel power button. The, peak. Oh, the power <laughs> button. That hot power button. Really big fan of that. And then it sort of just got more generic after that yeah, as it went on. It really did. Unfortunate. Like why put, I don't even get why you would put orange on black and white, but it worked so well, and it was just like universally loved. Yeah, yeah, I think that was memorable. One of the other weird things when you get the phone back in hand is you sort of remember how small they were. The next, I still think that the Nexus One was a really nice form factor, but right after that, they started curving the screen on the phone. Did okay. you know that? <laughs> I there's did. Like, I, not till we've got them all in hand. I, I think there's two Nexuses in a row: Galaxy Nexus and Nexus S. Both had a curved screen from top to bottom. Yeah. There's a couple other phones I reviewed that also had curved screens. And I think it was something about like oh, holding up to your face, face like or ergonomics. Like, yeah. Y- your thumb can reach more or something. <laughs> I don't know if it's really like that true, but they stopped curving it very shortly after yeah. that. But that was a little Samsung curved screen thing for a little while. I don't know. I don't know if there was any merit to that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think there was, or else they'd still be doing it. That's true. Um, yeah. But yeah, the whole thing was super interesting. I still think the craziest part is. We should have gotten a shot of it. Maybe we still can of like, if you just line up iPhones start to finish, it just really looks like an actual progressive like path. And when you line up the Google phones from start to finish, it just looks like we found 15 random phones and threw them in a pile. Yeah, like, one of them looks like a family portrait and the other one looks like a, like an extended family portrait. <laughs> yeah, like third cousins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the neighbors came over. Yeah, it's all kinds <laughs> yeah. of all kinds of stuff, shapes in there. Um, but it's it's a good time. Definitely watch that video. And so I tried to turn it a little more story based. Like I can I can review all the phones obviously, yeah. and that <laughs> that exercise gets a little bit uh, a little bit much after that many phones. Mm-hmm. So stringing together like the story of what is a Google phone anyway. Like we had it's Google far Play more Edition. Yeah. We had like the juxtaposition of the Google phone and then the same phone from the manufacturer that it was based on at the same time. Um, and so eventually all coalescing into what we have now, which is Pixel 6, designed by Google, made by Google, chipped by Google, software by Google, I think was fun to portray in one huge video. Yeah, for sure. So if it's out by the time you listen, it should be. Should be, Should yeah. be, so <laughs> Something's check that gone out. wrong if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it is. Um, check that video out. It should be a good one. But other than that, pretty chill week. I hope everybody's having a good uh, holiday week. Yeah, and everyone should definitely follow the studio channel, the main channel, the podcast, because we have all our end of year stuff coming up in December, and 
not only are you going to get the videos you all love every year, but now you're going to have behind the scenes stuff with it as well. Yeah. I'm really excited to yeah. kind of show off how we do everything. This is a fun one. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. All right. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Waveform was produced by Adam Molina. We are partnered with Vox Media and our intro outro music was created by Vane Sill. Vane Sill.